The Daily Tap is live. For Tuesday, we are going to introduce a new Brewer segment, Three Takes and Out. We're going to talk about whether I'm a hater or not on a few topics. I love debating myself. That's what I do here on the solo pods. So we'll talk about being a hater or not, and that will be today's show. We're having a short show because it is nearly 1 a.m. as we get set to get on the mic after a disappointing Brewer's loss. Before we talk about late night baseball and the perils and the enjoyment of it all, I want to make sure you guys are following along on social media, tapping the keg on Twitter, tapping the keg sports on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Uh, If you are new to the program, maybe some of the Divine Sports Gospel guys heading in here listening, you're fans of them, you're wanting to hear the other side of the Brewer Padres series. Uh, make sure that you are subscribed, whether it's Apple, whether it's Spotify, whether it's wherever you get your podcast. We are there for you. If you're already subscribed, you guys know the deal. I want you sharing this with your friends. I want you guys telling them what we're all about. If I'm staying up till fucking 1245 or whenever this game ended tonight and then taping a podcast, the least you could do is share it with two or three of your friends. That would be appreciated. That's all I ask for here as we get ready. As we get ready to tape the show and introduce our newest Brewer segment. So I've been looking for a Brewer segment for a while. I'm doing three takes and out. Basically three takes and then I'm out. So think of it as Josh Hader shutting somebody down and we hope Josh Hader, everything's all right. He had to not be here for a medical emergency, uh, family emergency, excuse me. But everything hopefully is okay with Hader. I know his wife's pregnant right now. Um, I'd hate that's if something happened there. I really hope that's not the case. Um, so sending my best to Josh Hader, as I think everybody in Brewers Nation is. But the three takes and out involves the absence of Hader as we start with the perils of late night baseball. Late night baseball is something I talk about a lot. I've actually done quite a few segments on late night baseball. I'm a night owl. I'm a guy who likes to stay up late. I know that as I've gotten older in age, I can't do it as much. I can't necessarily turn around like back to back 1 30 in the morning like I try really hard to not be up this late like usually 12 30 12 45 is like my max and now the reason we are is because of a Brewers extra inning baseball game now if the Brewers had won that game I would be elated if the Brewers had found a way to score multiple runs in the 10th inning and they got out of San Diego with a win here I would be fired up right now. I'd be talking about what a great win this was for the Brewers, how they came up clutch when it mattered the most, the whole thing. Instead, I am just absolutely pissed off I stayed up this late. And I thought about it. I was like, do we need to rewrite the rules of late night baseball and everything like that? But this is kind of comes with the territory, unfortunately. Late night baseball is fucking great because it is just so serene. It's so quiet. Nobody's up. You're not being bothered, right? And I I live in a house with a few TVs, but not like I can just be at my own domain hanging out watching the Brewers. And I think it is a lovely feeling. You're not interfering with anything. You can kind of do some chores around the house. Like late night baseball is fucking great. It will never not be one of my favorite things as a fan. I think it's better than late night basketball, which I also enjoy. But late night baseball is just, it's the way, just the sounds, everything, man. It's so relaxing. Like, I, and I think 
that's what makes it so disappointing when you lose and you have a game like this where the Brewers were so bad with clutch hitting, it was absolutely unbelievable. And it makes you it makes you so mad. And now you're like, well, I could try to go to sleep, but I'm gonna be doom scrolling something or trying to figure out how I can get to bed here in the next 15 minutes. I might as well try to tape a podcast and see if that kind of takes out some of the energy that I exerted watching the end of this game because it was so shitty. It was so shitty to deal with that. And now you also have to know like when to fold them in a late night game. Like if the Brewers are getting pumped like the San Francisco Giants were against the New York Mets tonight um, and they're getting beat 13 to three, like just go fuck the pad. Like, like don't, let, don't let that late night game interrupt anything. Like, yeah, sure, I can rip off the review in the morning. Like the review will be there in the morning. Nobody's going to be out anyways. Everybody else went to bed. So it's going to be fine, right? It's not going to be a big deal. So you do have to know like when to fold them, right? That That's number one. Number two is if you are involved in a late night thing, just trying to make sure you keep keep those eyelids open because sometimes it's tough. Like today I had a ton of energy. I was feeling good. Probably, probably the afternoon workout, whatever it may be, is why I have a ton of energy still. But like there are some nights where you're beat up because of work or because of something else and or maybe you had a couple of cocktails or whatever it may be. And you're like just trying to keep those lids open. You're fighting with those lids. But there is something therapeutic about just falling asleep to baseball. And hopefully you wake up and the Brewers won. It happens to the best of us. I, I've had it happen a lot with the Bucks, actually, weirdly enough. I think in the winter, because you're cold and you're snuggling, you're under a blanket, whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, I'm asleep. And there you go. And sleeping on a couch is an underrated great thing. I don't understand why wives and girlfriends don't understand the beauty of sleeping on a couch sometimes. Sometimes you just got to get a good couch sleep in. And if you have a good couch to sleep on, I do. I've actually two that are, aren't bad and just sometimes need it. It's sometimes good for your body to just kind of shake it up a little bit, saunter to bed whenever whenever you wake yourself up. And sometimes you don't. Sometimes you're there and it's it's the it's the wee hours. But yeah, I, I will always love late night baseball, even if there are times like this where I'm mad at myself that it's one o'clock in the morning. I'm mad that the Brewers lost. I'm mad that it it is something that could have easily been avoided, right? The Brewers had runners in scoring position so many times in this game. They were 2 of 13. It was absolutely fucking pathetic. They really, really should have won this game. And, and there haven't been a lot of games this year right now for the Brewers where they should have won the game. Like, they, they've just lost. Like, it's like, okay, they got outmatched, right? And they had the one bad inning on Sunday uh, with the Washington Nationals going off. And then you had... The game, the other loss they had recently, the 5 nothing game against the Atlanta Braves, similar shit, right? The Braves were just better. Like, the Brewers didn't have a shot in that one. This one, they fully pissed it away. And I am nervous that this is like the road trip from hell. Now, you can be like, Charlie, you're overreacting. I will say, as a baseball fan, if you know baseball and you understand how the season works, it's a long one. But there's one road trip a year that kind of chews you up and spits you out. It, it happens every time. And I, I could do some research on this. I'll take that back as a homework assignment and look and see if that, that is actually true uh, because I do think it's the case. Like, I do think there's one where you go four and six, you go three and seven. It just sucks. You hate everything. You're just like, God, get me back to Miller Park. Like, Get us back here and not necessarily have to deal with being on the road. Whether it's on the West Coast, it does happen often on the West Coast. But sometimes, yeah, it's those East Coast trips or it's just... 
you're not playing well or somehow all the injuries start mounting up. And now you look at the Brewers and you're like, all right, we're down a pitcher in Freddie Peralta. He has a significant shoulder injury. It sounds like he's going to be out maybe till the All-Star break. They didn't give a time. They just said he's going to be out for a while. So, And it's a lat strain. So what does that mean? Does that mean he's out till the All-Star break? Does that mean he's out till September? Do it Will Freddie Peralta be a reliever for the rest of the year? Because he might not be able to give you five or six innings until October. I don't know. I think there's a lot of questions that will need to be answered about Freddie Peralta. And I, I think the Milwaukee media has been a little bit better than years past. But I don't understand how council didn't get pushed a little bit harder to be like, hey, can we actually get a date on when Freddie Peralta will be back versus oh, it's just going to be a significant injury. Now, if he goes on the 60-day IL, then we know it's pretty severe for Peralta. And then you have Josh Hader with the medical stuff. And, you know, obviously, as I mentioned at the beginning, like, you really hope everything's okay. You hope that it's not, it's obviously something serious, but you hope that it just, everything works out. And and whatever's going on, just prays up to him and hopefully it all it all gets better. Uh, but Hader's at least down for three games. And at, at worst, he could be down for seven. So you might not have Josh Hader for not only the Padres series, but most of the San Diego series or the St. Louis series. And then whatever happened, who knows if his mind's going to be right. I don't know, man. It's not a good, that's not good. And now Hunter Renfro leaves the game with uh, hamstring discomfort. So you're probably not going to have Hunter Renfro tomorrow. You might have him have him Wednesday. I'm sure he wants to face his old team. I'm sure he wants to get out there and prove something. But you're probably not going to have Renfro tomorrow. You probably will have Kane and Taylor um, out in the outfield or Kane and McCutcheon. And then you have someone else DHing. You'll have the left-hander. Uh, no, Taylor will play. No, Taylor's on a hot streak right now. So, of course, Taylor will play. But, yeah, you have a left-hander, Blake Snell. So, like, it, there is a real chance here that this thing could get ugly. Now, it's game one. Long way to go. You've Corbin Burns on the mound tomorrow. Burns was fantastic against San Diego last year uh, in Petco. It was kind of like the Corbin Burns coming out party. If you remember, it was right. It was early April or mid-April, and Burns was just so filthy that night. Uh, he pitched really well for for the Brewers, and hopefully he can kind of continue that again uh, on Tuesday evening. Uh, also, it's yeah, long way to go. So I'm not not I over I overreact a little bit, but it's late. I hope you can forgive me. So that was technically probably like one and a half outs, one and a half takes. Um, so this is take number two. Uh, I love the fact that Adrian Hauser had a fuck you game in him tonight. So Adrian Hauser, if you're unfamiliar, he had an arbitration hearing. It's part of baseball for those who are maybe not baseball fans or don't understand how it works. Basically, arbitration areas are ugly. Uh, hopefully, these t- these teams try to settle. They try to come to an agreement, but sometimes they can't. And then they go to a hearing where basically the, the Brewers tell Adrian Hauser's agents, I don't think Hauser's there. No, I think he is actually. And they basically are like, here's why you suck. Here's why you're not worth $3 million that you thought you were. And here's why you're worth two point four. And the Brewers make a compelling case because Adrian Hauser did not get his money. Uh, the Brewers won that. And now probably muddied the waters a little bit with Hauser. Uh, I'm sure that Hauser isn't too happy with the front office. I mean, he's not going to take it out on his teammates. But obviously, I don't think that's something Adrian Hauser is going to forget anytime soon. And Adrian Hauser shoved today. He was absolutely awesome. Uh, The Padres did not a goddamn thing against him. Uh, He did give up one run, but that was, you know, just a blip on the radar. I was really impressed 
with how he pitched. Uh, he had struggled on the road in Cincinnati. He just somehow has bad book against the Reds. He's not pitched well against them in two starts this season. So it was nice to see him kind of bounce back. And unfortunately, he's got bit by lack of run support. You know, he had got absolutely nothing uh, when he played against the Braves on, or pitched against the Braves on Tuesday and was good in that game too. He pitched 100 pitches, pitched six innings. He was six innings again, 97 pitches. He gets two runs. He actually had the lead going into it, but the bullpen couldn't hold it, uh, which is, you know, a problem, right? I thought Devin Williams was terrific in this one. If we're just going to do the full pitching staff, I really, really enjoyed watching Devin Williams tonight. The Manny Machado strikeout, I guess I'll always have that as a late night, stayed up for it. But I wish I would have just went to bed after. I wish I would have fallen asleep. Like I was, if that was my last memory of this game today, I'd have been like, "Fuck, that's awesome. That was such a good strikeout uh, by Devin." And hopefully, that's a boost of confidence for him. Now he's he's pitching, I think, better uh, the last month. I think his last month has been pretty good. I don't have the stats on me right now, but I, I do think that we're seeing the old Devin Williams emerge just a little bit, fun, trying to nibble with his his command, but. You know, that's here and right there. That's going to happen with pitchers. Last take, and then I'm out, uh, is Tim Dillard. So Tim Dillard, I texted a group chat of mine, and I was like, Tim Dillard tries way too hard. And I I meant it. Like, I was like, okay, this guy is just overdoing it. It's overproduced. Like, he's trying to make a joke out of everything. And he was kind of doing it again last night, tonight. And then I, I keep listening, and I'm like, you know what? Tim Lillard, Tim Dillard's good at this shit when he just says fuck the jokes and really gets into the nitty gritty of baseball. Tim Dillard was breaking shit down so well and explaining why the pitcher would do this and why what pitch they were thinking about here and why they were you know going going at this and what the hitter was thinking like and it, all this different shit and I absolutely enjoyed it. It was a peach of a broadcast, honestly. Like, it was definitely different than Bill Schroeder. I love Bill Schroeder. He's he's an emeritus. Like, you you have to respect Bill Schroeder as a color guy for the Brewers. But Dillard has a good angle. Like, Dillard can kind of give you a different approach to it. And I didn't think he talked too much. I Both my dad and my father-in-law said that Dillard talks too much. But he's a work in progress, man. This is like his first full year doing it. Um, I definitely am going to enjoy more Tim Dillard games, I think. Uh, because he, he did a good job. He really did. And I I was impressed. I was impressed that he could break down the game like that. And yeah, don't fucking forget the goofy shit. I get that Tim Diller is a goofball. I understand that. But he doesn't even need to do it. Like he doesn't. He's really fucking smart. He's good at this. Like So he should keep the, the funny shit on the side. And I know it's like, yeah, that's Tim Diller's personality. Well, why? You don't need it. Like I feel like it's a crutch. And maybe it is, and maybe it's something that makes him feel confident. And I get that, right? I I do shit like that all the time, and and I, you know, it kind of helps with talking with people you don't know and, and everything else. And he, so maybe that's it. But I think Dillard should. I think Dillard should cut out the funny stuff. Just be the analytical mind, and I think it's really good. I think it's really a different broadcast. And I don't think it's like better than Bill Schroeder. I think it's just a breath of fresh air. I think levering. Does a good job with him. I think Levering's great. I mean, Levering, to me, I almost think like he's kind of our broadcaster now with Brian Anderson having so many national games. Now he's going to do the Brewers and Padres in that on TBS tomorrow. 
So we'll, we will get BA, but it'll be a national call and not a home call, which I, Brian Brian changes up a little bit there. Um, so the Brewers do get on the bright lights of TBS tomorrow, which is great. And yeah, if Corbin Burns on the mound and hopefully it gets better and hopefully he helps me out with the late night. Hopefully we're not up till 1230 um, and having to watch Brewer baseball through the entire thing. More new segments. I have new segments coming out of my ass apparently uh, today. Uh, we're doing hater or not. Um, so basically I'm going to do three topics. I'm going to basically talk through whether I'm being a hater because these are all things that are kind of bothering me at the moment and just things that I think you know, maybe you get a little too much love in the media or not enough criticism, either or. I, please let me know if you like this kind of stuff. Like, if you like the Brewer segment, if you like this, you know, hit me up, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Instagram, Tabby the Keg on Twitter, Tabby the Keg Sports on Instagram, and be like, yeah, Charlie, this was great. Or like, no, dude, this kind of sucked. Like, if it sucked, I, I want to know why it sucked so I can try to fix it. And then it's like, all right, yeah, it still sucks. And if it's like that, that's like, okay, well, we won't do that again. But yeah, hate it or not. So this is me, just things that's, that I'm kind of not about right now. Number one, the NBA playoffs. The NBA playoffs is a fucking joke, man. A Barso Big Cat, uh, Dan Katz had this today, where over 10, he, what was this? So it's like over half of the games this, this playoffs have been blowouts. Here, let me pull this up. I retweeted it. Over half the playoff games have been decided by 10 plus points and over half of those have been by 20 plus points. That's awful. That to me is a real problem in this league. And whether it's the three point shot, whether it is the competition, there haven't been that many good games. Now the Bucks and Celtics played an excellent game three, game four, game five, all those were really good games. Even game six, even though the Celtics had control, you know, the Bucs were ready to pull it back and then Tatum had his fourth quarter. Like those were, I guess, some of the best games that we've had right now in this playoffs. And you're probably like, Charlie, you're being a hater because you're a Bucs fan and the Bucs aren't there. I would at least care about the NBA playoffs. I haven't cared about the NBA playoffs really that much since the Bucks exited. And it's not on purpose. It's just like how the games have went. Like you tune in at the, like the Warriors comeback on Friday was great. Like that was probably the best moment so far of this conference finals. But the fact that all of these conference finals games have pretty much been blowouts is bizarre. I, I don't know if it's the three-point variance. You know, Bob Ryan had the thing about that the three-pointer was ruining the NBA and he got roasted for it. But is Bob Ryan right? Like, are we sure that the three-pointer isn't kind of affecting how this is all going? And do does the NBA need to look into this? Now, it could just be a blip on the radar, right? Like, playoffs last year were obviously fun because of what the Bucks did. But if you look at that Brooklyn series... Yeah, there were some blowouts, but I mean, game five was incredible. Game three was a rock fight, but down the, you know, it was a fight. Game seven was one of the better games, I think, that the NBA has had in the last five years. Uh, you had the Bucks Hawks had some close ones. The Bucks Suns, I mean, that whole series was great. I mean, that was a excellent finals. I feel like the Suns had a couple games, too, that were quote-unquote classics, like, there were definitely moments. You had the, the Clippers come back against the Utah Jazz. Um, that was unheard of. That was one of those moments. 
I just don't feel like there have been a ton of moments. I feel like the Bucks comeback was a moment. I think the Warriors comeback was a moment. Um, the Mavs just knocking out the Jazz, a little bit of a moment. I wouldn't say it's a huge one. Obviously, the Suns blowout's a moment in its weird way. But this has been a pretty mediocre playoffs. And I, I don't know. I can't explain why. I know Bill and Ryan have been, Simmons and Russell, for those who aren't familiar, have been hitting on the fact that they're they're not having enough time off and that it's super physical. And to me, like, that's a network thing more than anything else. It's also because of hockey. So because TNT and ESPN have hockey, they can't really space this stuff out. They can't do, like, one-on-one-off, right? They, they are kind of in a little bit of trouble there. So how could you mitigate this? Could you have two games at the same on the same night? I mean, from a gambler perspective, they would love it. Any gambler would be like, all right, I have two games now to play with instead of one. And the, the opportunities are there, but do you miss out on the TV? So do you really have like heat and you have the heat and the Celtics at 630 and then you have Warriors Mavs at nine o'clock? You're gonna make Mavericks fans watch games at nine o'clock? Not to sound like, Mad Dog Russo or anything, but having kids stay up that late, the NBA is in a little bit of a tough spot here. And they're kind of their TV contracts are fucking them over. So I, I do wonder if there's going to be some adjustment here. And if they're going to say like, hey, look, like this can't happen again. Now, granted, maybe it won't because hockey had a weird season this year because they were supposed to go to the Olympics. They didn't go because of COVID. If I'm, but yeah, they didn't go to the, the Olympics. They pushed their season back three weeks. So that's why right now you're in the semifinals, the hockey, and you're not in the conference finals. And I feel like if you were in the conference finals, you could do more maneuvering. Uh, and I think it's alternate. Like I think the, I have no idea actually. I shouldn't say that. I have no idea who gets, who gets what from like a TNT ESPN perspective when you get to the conference finals and then you get to the Stanley Cup final. So I, I have no idea. I have no idea how it works. And so that to me is probably part of this problem. And so I do wonder if these guys are just waving the white flag instead of being like, all right, we're going to have a fight and this is going to go down, the, down to the wire. Like we're 2-2 in Boston and Miami and there has been no real, really the only excitement was the Celtics comeback in game three. I think the Celtics are a better team, but I don't know. Miami somehow, some way, kind of keeps punching back. And they have home court. So can they do this? I'll see. I just want good basketball, man. I want to be able, I don't need to watch every single, you know, play, but I at least want to be, be able to enjoy it when I'm out or when I have the TV to myself, like be, and have like, oh, the Brewers are on the small screen. Like, I, I couldn't imagine that the Brewers-Padres were top screen for a, a basketball game that I didn't even care about. Like, that game did not matter in the slightest. So, yeah, I, I think I will rule that I'm not being a hater. The Detroit Lions is number two. Seeing a lot of people take the Detroit Lions to make the playoffs. Some even think they could win the division. Look, guys, how many fucking years do we have to do this with the Detroit Lions? When are you going to learn? When is anyone going to learn? The Detroit Lions, if they have any sort of, oh, they might be sneaky, they'll let you down. They will let you down in the worst way possible. They are just a mediocre franchise. I don't understand it at all. I, I really don't get it. Like, I know the rest stuff and everything like that, and that the Lions could have some advantages, and 
Dan Campbell and everybody's going to be on their fucking bandwagon because of hard knocks. Like, I guarantee you, everyone's going to talk about how much they love the Lions. But I, I just, I don't get it, man. I, I like Aiden Hutchinson. I think he's going to contribute. But Jeff Okuda's coming off an Achilles tear. That's not easy. I think Mike Q's also had an Achilles tear. He's your other cornerback. They really don't have that much in the secondary. Their linebackers completely suck. Uh, Amane Orunwale is pretty good. Uh, the kid from Syracuse, I probably butchered that name, but that's okay. Um, so they got a couple dudes here and there, but like, really? We really think this team is going to be a playoff like contender? They got some fun dudes. They got a good offensive line, but I, I just can't see it. I And maybe I'm a hater on this one because it's like, Charlie, it's early off-season NFL. Everybody needs to produce content. Everybody needs to kind of zig when everybody's zagging. Like That, to me, is a classic zag to be like, all right, the Lions are going to make the playoffs. The Lions are going to win the NFC North. I think everybody wants to pick somebody other than the Packers to win the NFC North because... It's boring to like the Packers, which is probably another topic for another time. But no one wants to actually admit to themselves Packers are going to be just as good as they were last year, if not better. They have a fucking awesome defense. And yeah, I don't have Devontae Adams, but I still think the Packers can be a well-oiled machine offensively. I, I just don't get the Lions' love. I don't think it's there. Um, Jared Goff, playoff quarterback, I'm gonna, they, they couldn't keep an offensive coordinator last year. Dan Campbell took over the fucking offense. And a guy who's never been an offensive coordinator before. I don't know. Jamison Williams is not going to be back. That wide receiver room is kind of small when William, if Williams isn't there. It's St. Brown, obviously. Then DJ Shark, who's okay. Uh, Quintez Cephas, who's all right. Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond. Like, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't get it. I do not get it, um, and I guess I'm a hater probably because it's a little early to be this mad about it, but I'm going to probably be mad about the Lions hype all summer, and I'll probably bully myself into taking their under. Lastly, uh, more on the entertainment side, uh, Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker. Those people can just fuck off, all right? Like, I know the Kardashians are what they are. They are pretty much why social media is a complete hellscape and we could do a whole podcast on it and break it all down, whatever, all right? But I will say that the Kardashians know when to kind of stop milking the teeth. When they are like, all right, you know what? We're a little overexposed. We can kind of chill out, maybe run a little misdirection, at least one of them. Like if we're getting a lot of Kylie, okay, suddenly Kim pops up with something. We're getting a ton of Kim. All right, now we're going to go to Chloe. All right? And Chloe's did too much, so we go with Kendall. One thing I respect the hell out of Kendall Jenner. So Jade's dated Devin Booker. I think they broke up. There might be a Kendall Jenner curse. It's unknown at this time. But Kendall Jenner, like, doesn't want any of this attention. The Kendall Jenner is a model, gorgeous girl. Just, like, no, no attention on this. It's like, fuck all you guys. Like, that's how I feel. And Kourtney Kardashian is the oldest one. She's a mother of three. And she looks like a, like a fucking Madonna music video with her wedding dress. What the fuck was that wedding dress? Like, I'm no, I'm no expert. I'm not a guy who's going to know what the fuck a wedding dress is supposed to look like or not look like. But give me a fucking break. These two try so fucking hard to be relevant, be popular. They're both washed up. They both probably just 
or a weird, like, I don't know, man. It's like, hey, congrats on the sex. Like, I get it. You guys fuck. Cool. Awesome. A lot of people do. All right? It's called life. People produce kids every day. So, so just fucking stop. You don't need to put it all over social media. Megan Fox and, and Machine Gun Kelly are the same way. Sending text messages, oh, we ripped a crotch in this bodysuit because we wanted to have sex. You're fucking mom, dude. Like, and it's like, yeah, mom's fuck. Cool. Yeah, I've watched Mel Hunter too. I get it. But at the same time, it's like, Jesus, do you really want your kids to see this? Like, those kids, if they're dude, I don't know if Megan Fox has boys or girls. I know Courtney Kardashian has boys. Like, he fucking, that's going to be there all the time. They're going to show that to him and make fun of him till kingdom comes. But then again, he's probably friends with moms. He probably has friends who their moms are only fangirls. I don't know. I went on a tangent here. Um, obviously, that's been on my case. Uh, that Had to get that off. Felt good. It's late. And that's when we get, it gets a little weird when it gets late. Uh, but yeah, Courtney and Travis, I'm going to rule that I'm just being a hater. But I also don't think I am not being a hater. I just think they're, they are, to me, number one on my just overall hate list. I could also go off on JoJo uh, Fletcher and, and Jordan Rogers. Uh, because if we're really just going to go down a celebrity wedding rabbit hole, like, of course Aaron Rodgers didn't come. What the fuck do you expect? He hates you guys. You guys are scum. They've always been scum. But I would tell Jordan Rodgers that to his face. Like, he exploited their family's drama for the fucking Bachelor. He's a piece of shit. But, you know, all right. I got to I gotta get out of here before it gets me in, in any trouble. All right. That was today's show. It was a little different. I hope you guys were okay with it. Um, hopefully, the Brewers do not play extra innings tomorrow. Um, so I'm not up at 1.30 doing a podcast. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, make sure you rate, review, subscribe. Make sure to share with your friends. Please, please do. The least you could do after your boy stayed up for you and taped this podcast. Um, no Mitch this week, unfortunately. Um, schedules are all fucked. Um, so that's a bummer. Um, we might not do a show on Friday, but I don't know yet. I might just do something weird on Friday. As it's the Memorial Day weekend. Might put a poll on Instagram if you want a Friday podcast or not. Um, so who knows? Um, but yeah, so stay tuned there. Definitely we'll be back tomorrow. Um, we'll talk Bruce Padres. I want to do a Packer OTA thing with Rogers. That was actually going to be my open today and then I scrapped it. So I'll probably do Packer OTA and tomorrow with the, the reaction on Rogers and all that fun jazz. All right. Take care of yourself. Have a good one. See you tomorrow. Bye.